Thank you for listening to the Cathedral Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. We know that we've been speaking on 2020 vision, a three-dimensional view. We've been looking at the life of Joshua and Israel and how that they moved into the promised land. But as they were getting ready for the conquest of Canaan, you have to know that they'd already been through a wilderness experience. For 40 years, they'd been in the wilderness learning about God and learning about themselves. One of the lessons they learned in the wilderness is this. God will make a promise. Then God will teach you a principle. Then God will allow a problem to come. And then God will secure your provision. And that's something that you have to see that how you deal with that problem really determines how you step into that provision. So hear this, how well we navigate the problem guided by our principle determines if and when we enter our provision. Promise, principle, problem, provision. I'll make you a promise. I'm going to give you a principle to live by. You're going to encounter problems and how you deal with that problem determines if you step into your provision. Joshua 6, 17 and the city and all that is within shall be devoted to the Lord. Speaking of Jericho for destruction, only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall live because she hid the messengers whom we sent. Notice that everything in the city is devoted to the Lord. Now, we know the Jericho story. God promises to deliver Jericho to the Israelites. God gives them a principle of the, the devoted things. Don't touch those things which have been devoted to me. But then Achan faces the problem, the temptation of the silver and gold. And because he took it, then God withdraws his support of Israel and their conquest of their provision. Do you see that? A promise, I'm going to give you the land. A principle, don't touch the gold and silver in Jericho. The problem, Achan is tempted and he caves into it. And then the provision is on the, on the verge of being lost because of his rebellion. You have to know that every promise comes with a principle that will be tried by a problem. Every promise comes with a principle and it will be tried by a promise. Let's title this an open door. Pray with me. Father, bless the reading of your word. I ask you to open our hearts. Jesus is the great physician. Would you examine us today to see if we be in the faith? May this be a moment where truly we're looking inward, each one of us, beginning with this pastor. May we examine our hearts so that we can truly move into this new year and take possession of everything that you promised us. So bless this moment. I pray it in Christ's name. Everyone said amen. Let me talk to you for a few minutes about an access point. Because you have to understand that an open door is a recognized right of admittance. It's freedom of access. An open door can be very good or it can be very bad. God can open doors to you, but then you can open doors to the enemy. One is negative and one is positive. Paul did it this way, Ephesians 4. 
Do not give the devil a foothold. Do not let him get a foot into your door or a foot into your life. You see, when it comes to an open door, the enemy wants to put a foot and he wants to keep that door open so that he can slip into your life and bring about destruction. So you have to be careful what doors you open. Now, when it comes to an intruder in your life, you have to establish the legalities, okay? You know, A, you need to know that God has a judicial mind. God thinks that way. He thinks of justice and law. He has a judicial mind. And the law that God gave us gives you access to all of its benefits and all of its protection. The Bible tells us very clearly in the book of Proverbs, it says, the thief will pay back double. If you catch a thief, you bring him before the court, the court will demand that he pay back double. But I want you to remember that God has a judicial mind. He operates from law. And that law is available to you with all of its uh, benefits and all of its protection. The second thing you have to remember is that you must properly identify the intruder. The law requires a positive identification. You can't just accuse somebody of, of committing a crime. There has to be identification. There has to be evidence and proof that's given. So you have to identify the enemy and say, that's the enemy. That's the intruder. That's the problem. God works from the law and he demands that you properly identify who the intruder is. And then third, you must establish the legalities, okay? Does this person have a legal right to come into my home or is it an illegal entry? Two different things. If a, if a policeman comes to your door with a warrant, then he has a legal right to enter into that home. You cannot resist him. But if a thief comes to intrude, if a thief comes to break in, that's an illegal entry and you have every right by the law to defend yourself. You can do that. So we're talking about a God that honors the law. We're talking about correctly identifying who this person is, what the problem is, and then making sure that they don't have a legal right to be there, to make sure that you haven't given them a legal right to make sure that you haven't opened a door, to make sure that you didn't leave a window open, to make sure that you haven't given the enemy the legal right to enter into your home. You see, the enemy has no legal right to enter your home unless you leave the door cracked. Unless you leave the door cracked. Now, we, we started out talking about Achan, Joshua, the nation of Israel, promised land, great things are coming. Take the city of Jericho, but for this first home, the first, excuse me, this first city, this first city, he said, the silver and the gold belongs to me. This is the first. It's like the tithe, the 10%. This belongs to me. The rest of it, he said, I'm going to give you houses you didn't build, vineyards you didn't plant, but the first one belongs to me. Don't touch the silver and the gold. But Achan coveted that which belonged to God, and he took the silver and gold and he hid it under his tent. God gave him a promise. He gave him a principle. Don't take it. They faced the problem, and Achan failed. And so they were, in, they were on the verge of not moving into the promised land and taking their provision. So you have to understand now, I want you to follow with me this morning. We're talking about the cracked door. Achan 
left a door cracked. He took something he shouldn't have and gave the enemy the right to slip in and bring destruction upon the nation of Israel. 36 innocent men died on the battlefield because one man refused to obey God. God warned them, this silver and this gold has a liability attached to it. You touch it, it's going to burn you. Don't touch that. That belongs to me. Don't put your hands on it. That's mine. You have to know that. And so you have to ask the question, have I left a door cracked in my life? One of the most powerful scriptures that we've read before is Genesis 4-7. Speaking of, a, of Cain and Abel, it said, if you do what is right, Cain, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. This wording here in the Hebrew actually speaks about demons crouching at the door. It's just, he said to Cain, listen, if you do what's right, he said, it, it'll go well. But if you leave that door cracked, if you leave it cracked, there are demons crouching at your door waiting for you to crack that door. And then they're just going to slip right in and they're going to bring destruction on your life in which it happened. Crouching at the door. We understand the doorways of the enemy. We understand them. And, and this is just a few, but just to get your mind thinking, uh, transgressing the law of God. God says, thou shalt not. So we transgress, we sin. For us as Christians, it's really transgression. You're transgressing the law. And so that's a problem for us. The second one is just open rebellion. The third one can be idolatry, putting things and people and pleasures ahead of him. Uh, these are the kind of things we're talking about open doors. You, you can open a door to the enemy when you, when you do things like that. But there's one more that I want to pull out and I, I maybe give a little twist to it than, than you've seen before, but it, it's called the accursed things. Accursed. Okay. Joshua 7.1, again, talking about Joshua, Israel, and Achan, the conquest of Jericho, and the next battle of Ai. Joshua 7.1. But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. For Achan of the tribe of Judah took of the accursed things. So the angel of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. The word accursed there in the Hebrew means appointed for destruction or extermination. So you, you've got to understand that, that when God says, this is mine, whether it's the tithe or something else, when, when God says, this is mine, don't touch this, you have to understand that there's a curse that comes with that if you touch it. There's a liability that comes with that. The accursed things under Achan's tent, being the silver and gold, revealed more about him than the contents inside his tent. See, you go inside the tent and you kind of look around and you think you can get a feel for somebody. If I came into your home, I'd walk around and, and I'd see your family portraits and I'd see pictures and I'd see your furniture. I'd get a feel for your taste and decor. I'd get an idea of what you guys like to do, whether it's, you know, my house is full of grandbaby pictures. So I, that's all I do is grandbabies. But, you know, you got grandbabies or you, you got pictures of vacations or hunting or skiing or whatever it is you do. You kind of get a feel for who people are and, and, and what they like to do, okay? But the things under the tent... Everybody okay? Be quiet moment. It's like I shot you with a shotgun. You just laying or bleeding out. The things under the tent. The secret things. Really tell more about who we are. 
See, we all come in here this morning, and as I've said to you many times, we all powder up and spray up and puff up and, you know, put on our best shoes. And we come in here, and we want to smell our best, and we don't look our best or act our best. And, and we greet each other with a positive handshake and, you know, how are you doing? I'm doing great. And, but that really doesn't represent who we are. Those things in the tent don't really tell the tale. The real tale is those things under the tent, the things we don't want to talk about. You know, the things that we don't, that we try to keep hidden from people, those secret things. Those secret things really reveal who we are. That really tells the tale. That really does expose who you are. And that was true with Achan. And so you, you look at this and you have to believe that, that, uh, that Achan had some, I mean, he, he he really struggled, and, and, and you see this in his life. There, there was a spirit of pride because he really thought he knew better than God. There was a spirit of unbelief. He never believed that he would face the consequences of his behavior. There was a spirit of covetousness. He took what God said belonged to him. There was a spirit of the world because his heart was more in Jericho than it was in the promised land. He went into Jericho after the walls fell and he saw silver and gold and the garments of Babylon. And his heart was more in Jericho than it was in the promises of his future. God said, if you won't touch this, if you'll just leave this first city alone, this first dime of every dollar, this 10%, if you'll just let me have this, I'll give you the rest of it. Are you hearing me this morning? There's a land flowing with milk and honey and why we settle for the Putrid little things of Jericho, I don't understand. We gather up. Oh, we just gather it up and we sneak out at night and we run to our little tent and we bury it under the tent and we go, woo, I'm doing good now. No, you're not. There's a liability that comes with that and there's a curse that's working on your home. And you gave up the land flowing with milk and honey. Houses you didn't build and vineyards you didn't plant. Lands we're going to give to you. Do you see what happened here? We give up so much for this little trinkets. These little trinkets made out of, out of metal. These little trinkets that we gather up from the world. Not seeing the promised land and all that God has for us. Think about this. He gave up so much for so little. His heart was captivated by Jericho. And he lost sight of the promised land. Tolerating things appointed for destruction by God makes you vulnerable to the enemy. You have to know that. When God says, don't touch this, God says, don't touch that. Leave this alone. Whatever it is in your life that God says, this is mine, and you touch it, it makes you vulnerable to the enemy. It cracks the door, and the enemy can just slip in. Now, if your mind is locked in on tithing, unlock it because I'm talking about much more than just tithing. When God says, this is mine, and he says, don't touch this, you need to leave it alone. Achan left the door cracked, and that became an access point for the enemy. Let's talk about the trouble that comes with an open door. The name Achan and the Hebrew means troubler, troubler. Joshua 7, 12. That is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. 
They turn their backs and run because they have been made liable to destruction. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. So just let me quickly give you what the liability of a troubler is. A person, a man or a woman who makes a decision to leave the door cracked, to touch that which God said don't touch. Rather, it's a relationship, a pleasure, an addiction, uh, whatever it is. God says, don't touch that. Leave it alone. You don't do it. You don't do it. Your body, the Bible says, is a temple unto the Lord. And when you go and you lay with a prostitute, he said, you become one flesh. You got to be careful. Don't touch this. Don't, 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 look, you got to understand there are certain things that God says don't do. Your body is mine. And so you have to be careful. But when you do that, you crack the door. But let's, let's look at the liability of a troubler, what happens when you do that, as with Achan. It said, uh, the fighting men lost their confidence. We read it in John, excuse me, Joshua 7, 12. That is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. Another translate, translation said it this way. They couldn't look them in the eyes. Whenever the men of Israel, who just came off of the high of the walls of Jericho falling down, they go against the men of Ai, and it's a small village, and, and, and the spies told Joshua, said, a little penny any, little nothing, just send two or 3,000 men. We can whoop them in a day. No big deal. And so these two or 3,000 men go out there, but when they got out there, suddenly there's a spiritual thing. Now, are you hearing me? There's, there's a spiritual dynamic to this. And suddenly they lost their confidence and probably didn't understand why, but they couldn't look them in the eye. When those men of IE came out, they lost their confidence. Fear came over them, and they dropped their swords and ran. And the men of IE chased them, and they ran like their tails between their legs. Listen, that's what happens when there's a troubler in the mist. People lose their confidence. The second thing is God withdrew his support. He said, I won't support you guys. I'm not standing with you if this is what you're going to do. He pulled back. Thirdly, innocent men died on the battlefield. Fourthly, Achan's family suffered the consequences of his decision. And last of all, Achan became a liability to everyone that was around him. The nation of Israel suffered because of this. Joshua 7 verse 1. Look at this. But the Israelites were unfaithful. If I'd have been there, I'd have raised my hand and said, wait a minute. I ain't got no gold under my tent. That fool over there. Are you with me? Who fills me? I didn't do that. Amen? It's like you're in a, you're in a gathering of couples and, and some young man steps up and wants to start talking about women and what he's going to do and how he's going to treat and how he's going to run his household. All the older guys fold their arms lean back and pull back and they just watch me think you're on your own you go ahead big boy and just tell us how it's going to be and then we'll see what happens I didn't do it he did it he said it stupid I didn't do it but it says here that Israelites were unfaithful Achan the tribe of Judah took some of them so the Lord's anger burned against Achan no, burned against Israel. God's trying to teach us a principle here. Did you know that a covenant family can be made vulnerable, vulnerable by the decision of one? Did you know that? 
I've told you this story before, and I do it reluctantly because I don't like talking about it. But I'm telling you as a pastor my experience and my wisdom, and I want to share this with you. And it is an issue that we have today that's a, it's a, really a problem. But through the years, I've watched as men, being the priest of their home, got into pornography in a secret place. No one knew about it. Years later, after his, his sons and daughters had left the family and got off to college and become adults, it came out that perhaps the son had a problem with pornography. And nobody ever connected the two until later. But I've watched it through the years. When a man opens up his home to that spirit of pornography, there is that green, slimy fog that just filters on the floor and filters into the home and moves down the hallway and under the door of the bedroom and reaches up over the bed and grabs that young boy. You have to understand that with authority, here in the South, we like to strut our stuff about being macho and man and I wear the pants in my family and I'm the man of my house and I'm glad you are, buddy. But with that authority comes great responsibility. And when you get into pornography, you're exposing your family and that young boy, and there is a liability that comes with your actions and your decisions. You want to be a man, then why don't you man up and cut that thing off and be a man of righteousness and then talk to me. Let me tell you something. It takes a bigger man to say no. It takes a stronger man to be righteous than it does to go and cuss and fornicate and kick and fight and act like a fool. I'm going to tell you, it's easy to play the fool. It's easy. But it takes a real man to stand up and say no when she comes, to say no when it comes, to stand for truth and righteousness. Like I said the other week, 6'2 and fine, but no spine. Why don't you grow a backbone and be a man of God? So, a little examination here. I warned you. A little examination. A covenant family can be made vulnerable by the decision of one person, just one. You have to be careful when you're in a position of authority. First John 2, for all that the world can offer us, the gratification of the flesh, the allurement of the things of the world, the obsession with status and importance, none of these things come from the Father but from the world. So let me open these doors to you and let you see them. The King James Version, and I'm going to give it to you because that's how my mind works, but it's the lust of the flesh, which means indulgence and carnality to the dishonoring of God. We dishonor God when we indulge in carnality, whatever that is for you. The lust of the eyes, which is greed and fear to the robbing of God and taking those things that God said belong to him. And then there's the pride of life. And that's the need for acceptance popularity, acceptance in the community to the exclusion of God, to the exclusion of God. Now, I know that sounds a little different for you this morning, but this was something the Holy Spirit dealt with me specifically. He specifically dealt with my heart about when you place limits on Holy Spirit's involvement in your life, oftentimes you do it because it embarrasses or he embarrasses you. Now, listen to me. This is not a moment of condemnation, but a moment of your pastor who's faced every temptation that you have faced. And, that, and I want you to hear my heart and how much I love you and I care for you. But Holy Spirit dealt with me specifically. 
the lust, the lust of the flesh, indulging in carnality, the lust of the eyes, coveting things of this world, and the pride of life that says, I'm going to put limits on God. I'm going to put limits on Holy Spirit because I want to be accepted in my community. And there are times when Holy Spirit embarrasses me. We have to be careful with that. We have to be careful. I face it with you, involved in, in, in the political arena as I am. I'm constantly trying to navigate through that as, as being a pastor, a, 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 a man of God, and, and I'm spirit-filled, and I believe in miracles and signs and wonders, and I've, and I've got to navigate through this, and I've got to do it with integrity. And I cannot be ashamed of my God. And I cannot be embarrassed by Holy Spirit. Amen? So you have to understand that I speak to you from experience. But Holy Spirit dealt with me on that one issue specifically. He said, tell my people that the pride of life, oftentimes, is when you want popularity and acceptance and I want to be cool and I want to be accepted by the guys and the gals and I want to get in the inner circle of Beaumont and, and I, want to be in with the, I want to be in the group of the who's who and who's in, who's in the know and who's in a power and who runs the city of Beaumont and, and who's got all this stuff and, and you, you go in there and you, you want to be accepted by, everybody wants to be accepted by the group but oftentimes the pride of life will cause us to put limits on God because sometimes he embarrasses us. Think about that. Sometimes we put limits and restrictions on him because we're so afraid of what people will think. You know, it's, it's like, so where do you go to church? Oh, I go because of the fines. <laughs> you go where? You were that crazy group over there, huh? <laughs> I'm not going to say it. So we have to, we have to look at this. And, and, and I want to read your scripture. Uh, it brought me back to my early days as a teenager in high school and some of the things that I faced as a teenager and, and how hard it was at times to be surrounded by people and face the crowd and have to take a stand for Christ. It brought me back to those early days. This was a scripture that I held on to. But Mark 8, it said, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words and this adulterous and sinful generation of him, the Son of Man, also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father and with the holy angels. Now, while Holy Spirit was dealing with me concerning this point, I, I didn't sense the displeasure of the God, but the hurt of our Heavenly Father. This scripture, it wasn't like, man, you're ashamed of me, I'm always ashamed of you. It wasn't that. It was, it was coming out of a broken heart that, I realized that Jesus would have never said that if it didn't happen, if it wasn't going to happen. And I thought, how it must break his heart when we say we're ashamed of him. When he embarrasses me. Holy Spirit embarrasses me. 
God embarrasses me. We're talking about this trouble with an open door. We're talking about the troubler and what it brings. And, and, and I, feel, I feel this morning that there are some in this room and watching on the web that you've left the door cracked. And it can be the lust of the flesh, the indulgence of your carnality uh, to the dishonoring of God. Or it can be the lust of the eyes and, and, and greed and fear that says, I'm not going to have enough. And so we start taking what's not ours to take and we start getting caught up in materialism and the things of this world and, and it, it, self-indulgence. And, and, and suddenly, you know, we're robbing God of what really our time and our talent and our treasure and then the pride of life that says, you know, I really, I, I, I want to be a Christian and I don't want to go to hell, but God, you embarrass me at times. Holy Spirit, you embarrass me. And when we do that, you have to know that there's a cracked door and, and, and I feel that the enemy can slip in on us and he can come in. And so I just, I have to ask this question of you. Have you left a door open in your home? Is there an open door? Have you left the door cracked where the enemy can slip in? Now, let me give you one final thought and I'll close. We've talked about an access point, a cracked door. We've talked about the trouble with a troubler. But now, let me just share a thought with you, talking about the life of a troubler, an Aiken. Someone that, they made some decisions and they don't realize it, but you become a liability to those around you. Your family can suffer because of your decisions. Uh, a church can suffer because of decisions that individuals make. A nation can suffer because of the decisions of individuals. We know that. How many believes that this nation has to face, what is it now, 50 million babies that we've aborted? But I didn't do the abortion. But the fact is, as an American, I have to repent for that. Are you tracking? The problem with the troubler. They're the ones causing the trouble, but I'm the one that has to repent. But that's the way it works in the kingdom of God. You have to take, you have to take your position and identification or repentance. But, but a troubler troubles people around them. Let's look at Joshua 7, 3 through 5. They returned to Joshua and reported, don't bother sending a lot of people. Two or 3,000 men are enough to defeat IE. Don't worry out the whole nation, the whole army. Uh, there aren't that many people there. Notice that. There aren't that many people there. Verse 4. So 3,000 men went up and then fled in defeat before the men of IE. Verse 5. The men of IE killed 36, chased them from the city gate as far as the quarries, killing them at the descent. And notice this. The heart of the people sank. All spirit knocked out of them. Think of that. I just, three things there. This IE is a small matter, but they lost it and the spirit was kicked out of the people. So here's the principle. Success, even in the smallest things, becomes difficult when you lack the support of God. People oftentimes wonder, 
why doesn't this work for me? Or why doesn't that happen? Or why can't I get this right? Or what is this going on? And it seems like there's just trouble all around me. And it seems like everything is going wrong. And I can't ever get a get, you know, about the time I get a foot up, I get knocked down or, or things, you know, I, I, I take two steps forward and, and, and one step back. And, and I just, what, 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 what is going on? Maybe there's a cracked door. Just maybe. You know, I just remember something. The other day, I, I, I had to, uh, I had to up, upgrade, update my security system at home because the system I've got is old and they had to upgrade it. And, and we had to go back to one of my back rooms and open a window. And, and when I did, I went back to open the window, I noticed that the, the, the seal, the, 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 the uh, caulking had, had deteriorated and there was a crack there on that window seal and the wall and I noticed these little spiders coming in. Now don't tell my wife because she'll never go back there again. So after he left, I had to go in there and seal that crack. Sometimes you need to go through your house and look for cracks because you don't know it, but while you're sleeping, spiders are slipping in. How many loves pastor? <laughs> How many know pastor loves you? Now the TV guys are loving this because I'm in the dark now. Good end. I just want you to prosper and do well. You got to check your doors. You got to check your windows, your seals, because spiders are slipping in. You need to look on your computer and ask the question what sites am I visiting? You need to look on your television. And ask the question, what programs am I watching? When I was a boy, remember the song, Oh Jesus. Uh, Bad Leroy Brown. How many remembers Leroy Brown? The baddest man in the whole. Said the D word. You go, oh my God, America's done. We're going under. It's over. We're done. End time prophecy right there. Now on my home, on my TV, and I don't have any special programs. I have the basic, just give me the basic. I don't need all your stuff. I can turn on my TV and at times I can see nudity, the F word now is just as common as anything on my TV. Spiders are slipping in. You say, Pastor, you're legalistic. Uh, no, not. Not. But I am a physician, attending physician in this spiritual hospital, and I'm doing an examination, and when I catch something, I'm telling you, I'm saying, listen, there's a problem right there, and if you don't get that corrected, that's going to eat your lunch. Love always tells the truth. And I'm telling you, you need to clean up your computer. You need to clean up your television. You need to go through your house 
and you need to make sure there are no cracks, no open windows, and no open doors because spiders are slipping in. And you need to understand that as the man of the house, you have a responsibility to protect your family. And you're liable. And you've got to make sure that you watch this. Aren't you tired? It said, it said that it wasn't that many, but they still lost. And then the spirit was kicked out of them. Aren't you tired? of trying to succeed in life and it just, everything keeps going wrong? Aren't you tired of getting gut kicked? Having the wind knocked out of you? Aren't you, aren't you tired of that? Maybe it's because you've got a cracked door. It's time. It's time for you to close the door. It's time. Stephen, come help me. Joshua chapter 7, verse 13 reads, God speaking to Joshua after the defeat of Ai. He said, go and consecrate the people. Tell them, consecrate yourselves in preparation. Notice that word preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. There are devoted things among you, Israel. You cannot stand against your enemies until you remove them. We always talk about Achan and his family and how the next day God brought them out tribe by tribe, family by family until he brought it down to the single person. And then God got to Joshua, they're going to have to be dealt with. And we always struggle with that. We go, well, it's kind of a harsh thing. But what we don't understand is God gave them 24 hours in their tent to pray about it, to repent, and to make it right. You see, I'm convinced through the night had Achan been walking around. I, I, he probably was. He was walking around in that tent, that silver and that gold underneath his feet. And he's walking around, pacing the floor, thinking, man, I, wow, I don't know. And then he'd pull back the rug and look at that silver and gold and Boy, he'd pace some more. And all night long, he's weighing it out. Do I, what, what do I do? What, what do I do? And I believe the next morning had Achan gathered up all them trinkets, junk, and walked out to Joshua and said, I'm so sorry. 36 men died because of me. I'm so sorry for this junk that I took. I won't believe that God would have forgave him. If nothing else, God at least would have spared his family. I just want to believe that. But he didn't. He didn't. He had the night to prepare. He had the night to repent, but he didn't. So today's takeaway. Number one, tolerating things appointed for destruction by God makes you vulnerable to the enemy. Number two, the troubler becomes a liability to those around him or her. And number three, with an open door, you will continue to struggle with success even in the smallest things. So it's time to close the door. It's time. 
Thank you for listening to the Cathedral Church Podcast. For more information about our church, visit icathedral.org.